We are in Yavamos, the base of Manalov 12A3 in the Art Scroll Gemara. We are up to the last of the four cases before we move on to other topics. And this last case is the case of Tsaras Islandis. So just to review again, the first three cases, the first case was Tsarasota, the co-wife of the adulteress, and that she is exempt from, uh, both of them are exempt from Yibam uh, and Chalitza. <coughs> then we had the case of Machzer Grushaso, the case of where uh, the brother passes away without children, and he's married, one of his wives was uh, already, was married, it's the second marriage that they had, and in between she married somebody else. Uh, the third case that we had in the last recording was Tsaras Mama'enes, the case of the co-wife of a girl, of a katana, of a minor who did mion, the process of mion, which is to declare that her rabbinic marriage is really null and void, and re- even retroactively it's no longer viewed as a marriage. And what's the status of the tsara, of the co-wife? And now we have the last case, Tsaras Islandis. Tsaras Islandis, an Islandis, is a wife who uh, has certain signs where it seems it seems that she cannot have children. She never developed uh, signs of female puberty, um, and we assume that she cannot. It's it's pretty clear that she cannot have children. So the law is we discussed this in the past. We did have this case in the past uh, towards the Mishnah. And for an islandist, for, for somebody who cannot have children, so if they get married with the assumption that she could have children, and then they find out after the marriage that she cannot have children, so then that is that is called a mekachtos. That, that is called a marriage which was uh, under false preconceived uh, assumptions. And the husband was assuming that that they would be able to have children, and because they can't have children, so therefore... Uh, there, it, uh, it nullifies the marriage. It un- undoes the marriage because uh, he assumed that uh, she could have children. That is with regards to a scenario where uh, there was an assumption that she could have children. If the husband already knew before they got married that she cannot have children, and he said, "I want to marry her anyways," so then that works. That would that would be a completely valid marriage, and that is actually that's what we're discussing here, as we're going to see in the Gemara. The Gemara is going to bringing this up, uh, but the case that we're discussing here is where the original marriage was under the... There, everyone already knew that she cannot have children. They got married anyways. And now the husband passes away. Uh, he's married to two wives. Let's say the other wife could potentially have children, but the point is that they did not have children in the end. He passes away without any children. So the law is, let's say if the only wife is an islandist, the only wife that he has is is the wife who cannot have children. The halacha is, this is going to be discussed later on in the Mishnah, in a Mishnah, that it says that uh, there's no there's no yibam. We don't do any yibam. There's no mitzvah yibam because yibam is only done if there's the potential to have children. The whole point of yibam is to create a family from that original family so that they could have children. If she cannot have any children, so then there is a total exemption uh, from yibam with the... Uh, if the wife is somebody who cannot have children. Well, we're, that, that's a Mishnah later on. What we are discussing now is not with regards to the wife who cannot have children, but let's say he's married to two wives, and we're discussing the co-wife. 
does the co-wife have an obligation to do yibum or chalitza? So Rav Asi says, Om Rav Asi, we're going to see that this is really a dispute, this is a machlokas, but Rav Asi is of the opinion, Tsaris Islandis Asura. That the Tsaris Islandis, the co-wife of the wife who cannot have children, is also, it's also forbidden for her to do uh, yibum, um, to do yibum, or, and she's also exempt from chalitza as well. Shenamar, as the verse says, It says specifically, you only do yibum if they, you can have a child since one of the wives cannot have children. So, so to everyone, all the co-wives are exempt from yibum or chalitza. The reasoning behind this, why does Ravasi say what he says? The reasoning behind this explains Rashi, is because now the islandess, the wife who's totally exempt from yibum or chalitza, is viewed as if it's like one of the cases of the Mishnah where it's a relative who is not obligated in the mitzvah of Yibam. It's a sister-in-law. So even though the class Yibam was always done with the sister-in-law, it's always the brother-in-law and sister-in-law, uh, where we have the, the mitzvah of Yibam. But this is a specific sister-in-law who is exempt from Yibam because she cannot have children. So because she's exempt from Yibam, so it's like it's, it's, like it's an erva. It's like it's a, a family relationship which is forbidden. Because they can't do Yibam, it's forbidden to do, to do Yibam now. Because she has an exemption, because she cannot have children. Once she's forbidden to be as a family relative, so that exempts the co-wife. Just like in our Mishnah, we discussed all these 15 cases of relatives who have an exemption on, and exempts also the co-wife. So then so to here, this is a relative, even though the reason why they're related is because it's a sister-in-law. But because this is a sister-in-law which, is, uh, which doesn't have the mitzvah of Yibam, it, this sister-in-law will exempt the co-wife. And that's why the co-wife is exempt from the mitzvah of uh, of Yibam. And there's no mitzvah of Yibam or Chalitza. We'll see in a few minutes that others argue. But this is challenged. We have we get into a tangent here where it's challenged. Mesa for Sheshes for Sheshes asks as follows. The Mishnah says as follows. And some of the details of the Mishnah, we're going to go through this, but it's not really, we'll get to this Mishnah later on. Uh, we're really just trying to focus on one point of the Mishnah. The Mishnah has the following case. Three brothers are married to... They're married to three women. Uh, not related. Just three brothers are married uh, to three wives. And one of them dies without children. And so, what happens? We come onto a concept now which we haven't really brought up in the past. Uh, but essentially, the on a rabbinic level, before you do yibum, uh, before you actually do yibum, which is the act of... Uh, of marital relations, so the rabbis instituted, this is not on the Torah level, but the rabbis instituted that you should first do what we call ma'amar. Ma'amar is, in a, in a typical marriage, it's really two pro, two steps. Uh, there's the engagement and then there's the actual marriage. And so for the engagement, uh, you, you do that by giving a ring. Uh, there's different ways to, to get engaged. And so the rabbis wanted it that this should also be a two-step process. The two-step process, the first step should be ma'amar which is a form of the engagement. So they just sort of instituted an engagement before you actually do yibum, before you, to provide a certain context for the yibum. And so what the second, per, what the second brother did, he did mamar. He didn't do yibum. All he did was mamar, which was a, a rabbinic form of being engaged. Uh, it, this is not a Torah requirement, but the rabbi said that they should do this. But, and then he died. The second brother of Amais, the second brother who didn't do Yibam, but he just did, he just got engaged to the sister-in-law of the first husband who passed away. So then the second husband passes away. Before 
he did yibum. So the halacha is harei lecholtzus v'lom misyavmos. So the halacha is, and again, we're going to get to this in a mission later on. So then he was, let's say, he was married to a different wife, and now he did mamar. He's engaged, so to speak, on a rabbinic level to the, his sister-in-law, and didn't do yibum yet. So the halacha is that you have to do chalitza to both. You have to do chalitza. You're not allowed to do yibum, and the reason for that is because the this is all rabbinic, but it's shenamar. The rabbis said that it works based off the following verse. That in this scenario where you are engaged uh, to, the, the one who passed away was engaged to the first sister-in-law, so now if you have the third brother, the third brother is the one who could potentially do Yibam or Chalitza, he's the only surviving brother, so the, the law is that he shouldn't do Yibam, he can only do Chalitza, because with regards to the sister-in-law from the first husband who's engaged to the second husband, it's like she has a relationship with, with both of the deceased brothers before any Yibam or Chalitza is done. And in such a scenario, she was married to the first husband, she was engaged on a rabbinic level to the second husband, both of them passed away. The law is that if she has, that sister-in-law has a relationship with the first husband and with the second husband at the same time, uh, so then there's an exemption from Yibam. You can't have, you can't do Yibam for both the first husband and the second husband. That you cannot do. And so therefore we say do Chalitza. And with regards to the co-wife, you still have to do chalitza. We still tell you to do chalitza as well, uh, because it's unclear whether it's actually a co-wife or not a co-wife. They're engaged. It's only rabbinic. So because it's unclear what that relationship is, we say do chalitza to both. Again, this is a mission which will come up later on, and we'll discuss in greater detail later on. Vikatani Allah, but on the mission it says, and this is why it's important for us, Amr Rav Yosef, Zui Tzaras Eishas Ach Me'av Sh'isr Nefila Garim La. Shalom Atina B'chalat Torah Kugula Kagon Zos. Zuhi lemute my la lemute tzaras island is the Sharia. Yosef says that this is a case. The case that we just described is a case where you have a sister-in-law. They're all sister-in-laws here. That's their relationship. Where we say that there's no yibum. This case is a case where you have a sister-in-law where there's no yibum. The implication is we have other cases where it's a sister-in-law where there is yibum. You could do yibum. What would be a case where you have a sister-in-law where you could do yibum? Where you might have thought not, but really you do you where you do do yibum. So we say, isn't that referring to a case where the sister-in-law is an islandess, is somebody who can have cannot have children, and she has a co-wife, and that co-wife should be able to do yibum? Isn't this isn't the implication that the co-wife should be able to do yibum? Because Rav Yosef said only this sister-in-law you cannot do yibum. But if it was another sister-in-law where you might have thought that you cannot do Yibam, really you could do Yibam. And what's that case? That's a case of the co-wife of the islandist, the co-wife of the wife who cannot have children. And that should prove to us that really the co-wife could do Yibam. And that's really why we're bringing this whole thing down, just because of Rav Yosef's uh, statement, which implies against what we said in the beginning. We said in the beginning that uh, the co-wife of the islandist is really exempt from Yibam and Chalitza, but it seems to be from here that they could do Yibam. The co-wife could do Yibam. So the Gemara says, no, lo. Lumuti Tzaras Islandis da Asiri umai zuhi zuhi da Isr nefila garim la Tzaras abayi chalitza Islandis hafila chalitza lo bayi my time a hadaraisa hadarabanan The Gemara says that no. It, it, you're right. It is coming to exclude the co-wife of an Islandis but it's very different. Uh, the point, the exclusion is not to say that there's a mitzvah of yibum. The exclusion is to say that you don't do yibum or chalitza. The case of the Mishnah, without getting into details of the Mishnah there, as we described, the case, the case of the Mishnah, the law is that you would have to do chalitza to both 
uh, wives. You'd have to do chalitza to uh, to both wives, to the wife of the original uh, husband who passed away, and then also to the wife of the second husband that passed away, you'd have to do chalitza. The point of our Gemara is to say, but with regards to a case of the co-wife of an islandist, the co-wife of somebody who can't have children, not only do you not do yibam, you're also exempt from chalitza, you're exempt from everything. And that's the point of Rav Yosef, to say that you're exempt from everything, because this is on a biblical level. On a biblical level, there's an exemption. That other case of the Mishnah is on a rabbinic level. That case we'll get to in the future. But our case of Tsaris Islandess is on a biblical level to tell you that if the Islandess is exempt, so then she's like a sister-in-law on a Torah level, which which uh, has an exemption from Yibam, she will then exempt the co-wife. And that's the conclusion. The Gemara now asks a separate question. Tanan, another challenge. It says in our Mishnah, Our Mishnah, the very first Mishnah says that if the wife is found to be an islandess, then the co-wife could do yibum. It says explicitly the wife, co-wife could do yibum. So the answer to that is, as we explained before in the very beginning, The case of the Mishnah which says that if the, if the relative, the case of the Mishnah is where if one of the wives is found to be an islandess and that wife is also related to you some other way, so let's say it's your daughter, your daughter is your sister-in-law, so in general we would say that there is an exemption, but the Mishnah says, if that daughter is found to be an islandess, uh, is somebody who cannot have children, so then we say that the co-wife could do yibam. What is that case referring to? It's not referring to our case here. It's referring to a case where the original husband did not know that she cannot have children. He only found out after they got married. Because he found out after they got married, it's viewed as though there was no marriage. It, it gets rid of the marriage. Because it was what we call a mekach taos. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a valid marriage. And that's specifically in a case where the husband didn't, didn't know to begin with that she can't have children. But if he knew that she could have children, so it is a valid marriage. If he knew that she could have children, and then he passes away without any children from either wife. So then the co-wife, according to Ravasi, the co-wife would be exempt from Yibam or Chalitza. Because the sister-in-law, who is the islandess, who is the one who can't have children, is viewed as related. Uh, to the brother-in-law and cannot do yibam and exempts the co-wife. She would exempt uh, the co-wife. And that's what the, that's what the Gemara says. The Gemara proves it from the language of the Mishnah. It says found, meaning the Mishnah's case is where it was found later on. Our case that we're discussing here is where the husband originally married her knowing that she cannot have children. Okay, the point of the Gemara until now, just to review, is Rav Asi's of the opinion that Everyone agrees that if it's an islandess, if the, if the sister-in-law is an islandess, then there's an exemption from Yibam or Chalitza. She cannot have children. Exemption of Yibam and Chalitza. If we're, what we're discussing here is the co-wife. Rav Asi has a statement that says the co-wife is also exempt because the sister-in-law is now viewed as a relative. Like the 15 cases of the Mishnah who doesn't have a mitzvah of Yibam, she will then exempt the, the tzara, the co-wife. Rava now comes along. Amar Rava. Rava says... No, he agrees. He, sorry, he disagrees. Rava argues. And Rava says, no. If the sister-in-law, if one of the co-wives is an islandist who cannot have children, it doesn't, it doesn't exempt the co-wife. In fact, the co-wife is allowed to do yibam. He argues and says the co-wife is allowed to do yibam. Not only is he allowed to do yibam, but even... If the islandess is related in some other way, let's say the islandess, the one who cannot have children, is also your daughter, 
the co-wife could still do yibum, even though it's the co-wife of the daughter, meaning they're related in some other way, the co-wife, it's the co-wife of the daughter, but still, once she's an islandess, an islandess, we view an islandess as totally, because they cannot have children, it, they're totally out of the picture when it comes to yibum and chalitza. Uh, somebody who's an islandess uh, is totally out of the picture. It's like it's like he only has one wife, the wife who's not a who's not an islandess with regards to specifically with regards to yibum. The wife who cannot have children is like she's not even in the picture. So even if it would be the daughter, the daughter in general exempts the co-wife. But in this case, if the daughter would be an islandess, would be somebody who cannot have children, it's like she's out of the picture. It's not even like she's ma- the, like the original husband was married to uh, to to the daughter. So then the tsara, the co-wife, could certainly do yibam or chalitza because the islandess is viewed as totally out of the picture. It's not, uh, it's, she's not in the picture and it's like it's just there's one wife here. And that's the statement of Rava. So there's a dispute, there's a machlokas here whether or not the co-wife of an islandess, could she do yibam, could she not do yibam? That is a dispute. That's a machlokas. Finally, the Gemara has a last statement here. Uh, just a review in terms of what the halacha is. Uh, and... Uh, also disputing uh, previous uh, previous statements. He also Rabbi Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Yochanan is of the opinion, and this is the final statement of the Gemara. When it comes to the last three cases that we've been discussing, whether it's the co-wife of the of the mion of the minor, the child who did mion, whether it's the co-wife of the islandess of the of the woman who cannot have children. Uh, or it's the co-wife of the Machzor Grushaso of the second marriage, the wife who had a second marriage and married somebody else in between, for all three cases that we've been discussing until now, they are all allowed to do Yibam. Even if, for some of these cases, they, others disagreed, in the end of the day, you're allowed, the Rav Yochanan says, you're allowed to do Yibam if you are the co-wife. That concludes the four cases. And in our next topic, we're moving on to a totally new topic, uh, not really even a, a Yavamos topic. It's more other topics, as we'll see for the next on the next couple of pages. We'll discuss birth control. We'll discuss uh, when do we determine when it's something is is viewed as dangerous and you shouldn't get involved in, or when is it uh, you are allowed to get involved in something dangerous. Uh, we'll discuss other other areas of law as well. Not really Yavamos related. Some some very interesting topics uh, we'll be discussing in the next couple of recordings.